just again, I want to thank all of you for joining us today and especially thank Father Boniface. Thank uh, all of you who were able to give a donation and we appreciate that support here at Our Lady of Good Counsel Retreat House. As always, you can uh, find our recordings of past retreats and the schedule of upcoming retreats at our website, goodcounselretreat.com. And of course, if you'd like to give a donation or are able to, God calls you to, we, we definitely appreciate that as well. And so we will turn it back over to Father Boniface. Well, good. I, I'm just going to talk a little bit more freely without slides, actually, this, uh, this last round, just to cover a, a couple of, of points, bringing a, a little bit more out about Lexia Divina, and then talking a little bit about Our Lady, and finishing with some points about the Jesus Prayer. And I'm happy to pay attention to the, the chat window. If anybody has some questions uh, as I'm going along or, or whatever, feel free to um, pop them up in the chat window, and I'm happy to to take those. Why don't we place ourselves in the Lord's presence again? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have given us everything in Christ, your Son. Help us to receive more of him into our hearts, into our lives. Help us to live more constantly in loving union with him. Touch the hearts of each of those who are participating in our retreat today. And we ask all this through the intercession of Our Lady. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Benedict, Benedict, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So just to, to mention again, uh, Lexio Divina, so a way of praying with scripture, those, uh, those four stages are really, really general movements of prayer. I mean, you can, you know, you can, you can think of them in terms of any relationship. Again, Lexio is really engaging a person. Meditatio is letting that person speak to you. Oratio is re- responding to that person. And then contemplatio is just sort of resting, being with that person. So uh, it's, again, not so much formal stages ultimately as it is just the parts of a relationship. It's just reinforcing the fact that Christian prayer is human, so we use words, and God has given us a special set of words in the sacred scripture, and uh, then prayer is also relational, so we have this back and forth, there's a relationship that develops over time, and, and that's one of the things that's, again, so important to reinforce. We really got, we have to make the investment, you know, it's, uh, there's no substitute for time, and there's no substitute for perseverance and years, and, you know, make the decisions now that help you have a good prayer life. 35 years from now, you know, may may it continue going deeper and deeper and deeper. There's a basic adage in the spiritual life. If you're not making progress, you're falling backward. And so we have to kind of keep pressing ahead, keep pressing ahead. But just to say a little bit more about Lexio, a couple of images that I think are helpful. One is from the original uh, describer of Lexio, Guigo the Carthusian, 
And uh, Guigo in his, in his writing about Lexio, he uses the image of eating. He says, Lexio, the first stage, reading is like placing food in your mouth. And of course, you want to put good food in your mouth. So scripture is good food. Put good food in your mouth. And of course, you put food in your mouth for the sake of tasting it and also for the sake of the nutrients. You know, we really want both of those things to go together and we want to keep them together. Um, I, I, guess, I guess you could eat, you know, protein shakes or something like that, but usually we eat food that both tastes good and is good for us. Uh, we have to be careful about eating food that only tastes good, you know. So anyway, there's a, there are a couple of purposes and one is more immediate so that it'll taste good. But the other is more long-term, that we want to eat things that are going to uh, do good for us over the long-term, protein and whatever, vegetables, vitamins, all this kind of stuff. So uh, we, we don't necessarily experience the effects of our prayer immediately. St. Therese said, and it was a consolation for me, I, she said, I experienced the effects of prayer outside of prayer more than during prayer. You know, so that's kind of like a certain amount with food sometimes we don't notice that we're malnourished until sometime quite distant from our meal. We don't usually eat a meal and then think, oh, I didn't get all of the proper food groups in that meal. No, we usually feel like, well, my stomach is pretty full and I hope that worked out all right. So we have to make decisions about that. And the way that we spend time in prayer is a little bit like having the right kind of nutrition in our diet. So uh, we go to take, to take a bite out of the scripture, and that's our the first stage of Lexio, and then we begin to chew that food. Uh, as, as we chew it, it already starts to digest, and we start to taste it, you know, so both of those things are happening, and a lot of that, a lot of times that does correspond with our experience of, of meditation. What is the Lord saying to me? How, how do I see his love for me in this passage? Um, where, where is the Lord in my life? What's, what's he doing? You know, so we're already beginning to chew it and to, to take it in that, um, you know, whether it's a, a cup of cold water for one of these little ones, or it's, uh, uh, or even that harder passage, you know, unless you love father and mother, uh, unless you love me more than uh, father and mother, you know, and, and again, understanding. Maybe, maybe we have to wrestle with these texts. There's a beautiful teaching in uh, The Joy of the Gospel. Pope Francis talks about Lexio Divina. He's directing that especially to priests and preaching, but he talks about Lexio Divina and he says, what's the part of this passage that bothers me? What's the part that I don't want to read? What's the part that I struggle with? Spend a little more time there. So, you know, that's uh, if we want to make the analogy with chewing, let's get, you know, it's like a little tougher meat. Like, I gotta, you know, it's like beef jerky. Yes, beef jerky can be pretty tasty, but you gotta work at it. You might end up with a sore jaw. Sometimes our prayer is a little bit like that. When we're doing some meditation, we're working with a hard passage, you're having it's gotta wrestle with it a little bit, chew on it a little bit. Um, you know, we, we can't, uh, we may need to start with baby food, but we can't finish there. And, and so having some of those harder passages, we. We see that we don't always get everything out of it in a prayer time either. Sometimes we gnaw on those things a bit and we don't break through. Other times we do. Sometimes it takes years. Anyway, you know, all of that's going on. But we already start to digest it and we start to taste it in our, in our prayer time. And so 
we're already getting some nutrients in that process of meditation and kind of wrestling with it a little bit, chewing on it a little bit. But we want to get to the point of swallowing. You know, if we just chew on it and spit it out, um, I suppose you do that with tobacco or something. You know, it's not real. It's not really what we're aiming for. We're aiming for food that we can chew and swallow and really make it a part of us. And that's the, the kind of food that we're trying to take in. So we don't want to just stay at the meditation phase. And that's where uh, sometimes praying with scripture turns into Bible study, you know, especially if you're a guy like me and you like to look up the Greek and then find out what St. Ambrose said about this thing and then figure out you know, what in the world this other passage means and how it ties in with that reference to the Old Testament. And you end up on a whole treasure hunt, uh, but maybe never take the time to pray. So praying is that third stage, which is swallowing. <laughs> there's, a, there's a kind of commitment that you make when you swallow something. It's like, all right, I'm going to really make this part of me now. And uh, our choice to respond to the Lord, to begin thanking him, praising him, maybe repenting of our sins, it's really moving us internally to make some response to him. Maybe it's, maybe it's being bothered and we're moved to intercession. Like, why is... Why are the little ones not being taken care of, Lord? You said give a cup of cold water to these little ones, and not even the church is doing this, you know? Like, for heaven's sake, why are we suffering like this? Huh? We might be moved in that way, too, but that's good. We should be bothered by some of these things. There are some bad things in the world that are worth being bothered about. Or we might be really inspired by some things, and just, again, our hearts uplifted in praise and joy and thanksgiving Maybe, uh, maybe we have some, we're moved to compassion, you know, for people who are suffering. And we just saying, Lord, please help them. Bless, bless those little ones. Bless the ones that go, that suffer. You know, I had this poor spiritual director who's lost two sets of parents. Can you imagine? She's given up for adoption at, at age two, lost her first set of parents, was adopted. And then her adopted parents died when she was in high school. Imagine losing two sets of parents. Oh, man, you know, sometimes someone like that comes into our prayer and we're just moved to compassion. Lord, help, help that poor girl, you know, help, help these people that are suffering so much, really suffering. So, so we allow ourselves to be moved, and that's, that's where prayer becomes more of a commitment. Now, the reality is, even when we're eating, what are we doing? We're putting food in our mouths, we're chewing, we're swallowing. Now, if we were a cow... I know that nobody listening here today is a cow, but just pretend you were for a moment. Uh, if you were a cow, you would actually swallow and then you bring it back up again and you'd work on it some more. It's actually a good description of prayer. It's not such a good practice for human beings in eating. It's one of those places that the eating analogy falls apart a little bit. But uh, for cows ruminating, swallowing, digesting, bringing it back up, chewing some more, swallowing some more. So that's that's going to be this thing that happens in Lexio as well, where we reflect on what it means, we pray some more. And, and to make it even more concrete, you know, when we, uh, when we are, are praying, what's going to naturally happen? One of the people brought this up in our last uh, Q&A session and said, well, what, what about if I have some other thoughts, you know, like, are they distractions? Am I supposed to go with those? Well, sometimes it's part of what happens. I make a prayer and I swallow it and then some other thoughts kind of come up. Sometimes they're obvious, obviously related. Sometimes they seem really not related, but sometimes we can fit them together. 
if you remember what uh, Pope Benedict said, I'll just read this to you. I won't bring it up, but he said about Mary, she kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. That's quoting the scripture. And then he says, she discovered the, per the profound bond which unites in God's great plan, apparently disparate events, actions, and things. So it's one of the qualities of Our Lady that she's able to synthesize everything. She sees how everything fits together. It actually does all make sense because all things were created through the divine logic, through the logos. All things were created through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. And what came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of men. So just some passages from John's prologue. And so it does all fit together. It does all make sense. We're not going to make sense out of everything, but we do have those moments that it fits together. And it's one of the really basic movements in prayer. And I say basic not because it's easy, but because it's fundamental. The fundamental, a fundamental movement in prayer is just sticking things together. So whatever it is that I have, maybe, uh, maybe you need to make some big decision in your life. You know, a lot of us are in those kinds of situations where it's like, I'm really up against the wall. I've got to make some decision. Okay. I've got that going on. It's going to, it's going to bother me. You know, now I'm reading this passage. Whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, what do these things have to do with each other? Stick them together. God provides water. And I have this big decision. I just, Lord, I just need, I need to know you're going to provide. I need to know that you're there. I need, need to know that you're going to help me. And he says, I give water to little ones. I know you're little. I know it's a big decision. I know you feel overwhelmed. I'm here with you. Rest in me. Trust in me. You know, we can, we can just fit these things together, putting things together. It's that, that word uh, that for what Mary did, uh, sin, sin, sin tereo, something like that. Anyway, it, it has to do with basically that, like, uh, oh, a symbolane, sorry, uh, symbolo, to throw together. So when it, she says she pondered these things in her heart, symbolo, she threw them together, she put them together. So that's, that's the basic thing that she's doing in prayer. And, and, uh, and fitting things together is, is a, something that we also need to do. So, so that's part of that digesting and bringing up and chewing and digesting, putting some more food in our mouths, you know, from our own ideas or from the scriptures, chewing, digesting. This, this is, you know, there's a whole kind of gustatory experience in prayer. And then uh, the last stage of Lexio, uh, Guigo the Carthusian describes as digestion. Contemplation is fundamentally digestion. And it's a beautiful description because digestion is not something that we do consciously. I don't decide like, oh, no, I'm going to digest, 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 digest. Uh, you know, it's something that our, we just do. We just digest. As long as we give food, as long as we have food, and, and that's where our acts of prayer, our, our particular acts of prayer are important. But then once I put food in my stomach, it automatically starts digesting. And contemplation is a little bit like that. It, it's, a, it's something that's done to us more than it's something that we do actively. It's something that's happening in us. And that's 
in contemplation, it's happening under God's grace. It's, it's really a, a gift from him, but a gift that he wants to give to everyone. So uh, as long as we give him the, the grist, the, the, the food, the material, he'll do that contemplation in us. And then it's good to just rest a little bit, you know, just like digestion. At the end of a meal, if you get up and run off, oh, it hurts me to think about that. Um, you know, it's, I guess it's a monastic thing too, but people should enjoy like sit at table a little longer, you know, schedule a little more time for your meals. And the same thing is true of prayer. Take a, give yourself a little bit of time to sit there. You know, uh, Niara asked the question about like, what if you really like to sit there and you got to get to work? You know, just sit there anyway. I mean, as I said, I, I don't know anybody who's praying too much. It's, uh, we just, we just don't. So, but often the amazing thing is five minutes of work is not much. Five minutes of prayer is a lot. And if you take five extra minutes just to sit there with the Lord and enjoy his presence, that's going to take nothing away from your work. And it's going to add orders of magnitude to your prayer. That's the thing. So really learning to just be with the Lord and, and let that kind of digestion take place. Let, the, let that prayer food, that God's word, that grace, let that just digest a little bit. So uh, then we can get up, then we use the energy, you know, axio, to include Pope Benedict's step there. Uh, then we use that energy in some way in charity for others. So wanted to uh, mention those, those uh, little descriptions of Lexio Divina. And um, I want to say, I want to say a little bit about the Jesus prayer. It's probably one that's not as familiar maybe to any of you. Um, uh, by the way, I, as I mentioned in the first two conferences, uh, a lot of these points are things that we cover in, uh, Father Tom Acklin and I cover in our book, Personal Prayer. So I'm not trying to be self-promoting, but if you if you found some of this helpful and you want to go into it more and have more of it, there's more of it there. That's what I'm saying. And then the, the back half of the book, chapters, uh, whatever it is, 7, 8, 9, 10, are all applications. So praying in the Mass, Liturgy of the Hours, praying in Lectio Divina, Eucharistic Adoration, various devotional prayers, uh, and, and included in that, we have the Rosary. Uh, the rosary and, and uh, the Jesus prayer. The Jesus prayer is a practice that really uh, took off in the East, in uh, Eastern Christianity, not, not, uh, not, the, not Buddhist East, but uh, Christian East. And it's a, it's a practice of letting prayer be a little bit simpler and, and setting aside uh, time for just being with the Lord. Because the fact is like, you know, as uh, one of our earlier questions alluded to, our minds are all over the place. St. Teresa of Avila described it like a madwoman running around the house. I mean, that's how she experienced her memory and imagination. Like, you know, they're just going on all over the place. And, and, and you know, we do tend to, as long as we're conscious, I guess even when we're unconscious, you know, there's like a lot of stuff going on in there. So giving it a little bit to work with, the, the, the Desert Fathers used this image of a gristmill I don't know if you've ever experienced a grist mill. We have one at, at the at the monastery, so I, I've run run a mill. It's a it's a great experience. But 
you know, it's like these huge millstones, whatever, five, 10 tons, something like that. I forget how, but they're just tons, heavy, tons of weight. And, they're, and, they, and when you get them moving, which takes some effort, you know, I mean, usually a motor, uh, you get them moving or a water wheel, right? You know, they're going at that point. And anything that gets in between, they actually cut too. We often think of them as grinding, but they're actually cutting um, in a blunt way, but they're still cutting. Anything that gets in there, it is, it is, it is cutting up and, uh, and turning into flour, you know, milling it. So if you had some wheat in there, but you also stuck some weeds in there, you're gonna have some nasty flour that comes out. It's gonna be some weedy flour. Um, but the other thing is, if, uh, if, you, if you don't put any wheat in there and you run the millstones by themselves, they'll actually start to cut themselves and it gets kind of destroyed from the inside. So you can't run them dry and you wanna make sure you run them with good material. So the fathers of the church said, well, you know, scripture obviously is the really good material. That's the good wheat that we wanna throw into that gristmill of our minds, our minds, which are always running, grinding away. So we wanna throw that good wheat in there. Uh, but, you know, it can be a little bit exhausting. We're trying to always get this good wheat going. So uh, is, there, is there a simpler way? And the, the Desert Fathers boiled it down to a single verse in Psalm 70, God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Now, those of you who pray the divine office recognize that verse. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. And they said, if you, if you have to memorize one thing, you know, that'll solve everything. Basically, everything is there. Uh, so that was the kind of an original one verse. Just say that over and over again. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. And then uh, a little bit later, a, a desire to, to use the name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Uh, but then, you know, kind of correcting for the Arian heresy. Jesus, son of God. Jesus Christ, son of God. Lord Jesus Christ, son of God. Lord Jesus Christ, son of God. And then I know what I have mercy on me. God, come to my assistance. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I need mercy. I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then we start to slow it down a little bit. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And we may start to use our imagination in a very simple way, just picturing the face of Jesus. We might start to get connected with our own sinfulness. A lot of times our sinfulness, you know, becomes a kind of feeling. It's like, I know that feeling of shame when I've, I've sinned, I've hurt somebody, done something embarrassing, you know, and it's like, you just go, oh, man, I know what that feeling is like. So I don't have to think a lot to get, to just connect with that, to connect with my sinfulness, to connect with my weakness, my limitations, my poverty. I just feel it. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Have mercy on me 
a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, I can see his face. Have mercy on me. I can feel my sin, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. And I allow him to come close to me. I allow, you know, just, just to, to be with him, to feel him, to respond to him, to turn my heart to him. So it's a very simple prayer, but it's very rich. And uh, the tradition in the East is these, uh, these little things they call a chotki. So I wear that around my wrist and take it up every once in a while. This one has 100 knots. So you're just going through, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. So we're just kind of moving through slowly and just coming into the Lord's presence. I might have some distractions that come up. I might start thinking about whatever else has happened later today. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. And it's not about getting it done. You know, you may come to a place that you're just sort of with him a little bit more. And, and it even moves into the background, you know, and, and, and even starts to become part of our heartbeat. You know, just Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's not taking active effort so much as it starts to just unfold within me. And that's where prayer really does become more a, a part of my life. You know, it's just become something more automatic in the best sense of that word. Uh, just part of, part of the, the stuff of my humanity. And, and that's where you know, certainly doing things like meditation, it helps to have a, a mind that can put things together and, and to make logical conclusions and to make connections in scripture and things like that. And we like all that. That's good. Um, but, you know, maybe we have a stroke, you know, God forbid, but those things happen or we have some other injury or, or sometimes when we're very tired and we're sort of like falling asleep, but we're still praying as we're falling asleep. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Falling asleep in the Lord's arms. And those kinds of simple prayers that we can have moving through us, whether it's repeating that verse in Lexio, whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, uh, or whether it's that word from the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Um, that just becomes part of the stuff of our relationship with him. It opens our hearts to him and keeps us connected with him. So again, I hope that, uh, I hope these reflections today uh, were helpful for you and give you some things to work with. I, I really encourage you to take the time for prayer, really build the habits of prayer. Uh, again, from Abbot John Chapman, you know, if you want to pray better, pray more. And if you can't pray more, pray consistently. But one thing we can be certain of is if we pray less, it'll get worse. So uh, make the commitment to, to uh, spend some time, spend the time that you need in prayer. Um, I have a, a question from a high school student wondering what, kind of, what that kind of prayer work for saying, would that, would that kind of prayer work for saying in the hallway between classes, absolutely. Any other prayers that you recommend for that type of situation? You know, again, it's, it's a, 
sort of contemplative prayer in general, in the sense that it's it's a loving awareness of God's presence more than active mental work. I mean, when you're going down the hall between classes, obviously you're focusing a little bit. We can detach our minds somewhat from, you know, I mean, we're going down the hall. We know where we're going. We don't have to think about it. But there are a lot of faces, people, interactions. We're kind of paying attention. What's everybody doing, saying? Is there somebody I need to see? We're looking around. But we can let that prayer be happening in us. And sometimes just to kind of get it started, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Sometimes just, you know, the, the practice of, of taking the prayer rope out and whether you're sort of hiding it under your scapular, you know, none of you have scapulars, but anyway, you can be jealous, um, you know, or you're hiding it under your jacket or in your pocket or whatever, um, you know, the rosary also. Like I said, I think the Hail Mary is a little bit long to, for my, you know, it's like it takes a long time to finish it. Um, I like that little Fatima rosary, you know, Hail Mary, Holy Mary, Hail Mary, Holy Mary. <laughs> so just like the simple prayer of presence, just a simple prayer of presence, I think is, is a really beautiful thing. When we can take the time, dedicate it, stop, slow down, of course, you know, praying the whole rosary, praying the whole Hail Mary, praying the, you know, in a, in a more extended way where we, we can let our minds take some distance, but those little prayers in between things. You know, just doing a simple Jesus prayer or, or a, kind of a simplified rosary. Divine Mercy Chaplet is really beautiful, too. And uh, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. You know, it's pretty, pretty simple to go through and just kind of get those things floating around in our minds. I mean, think of all the other stuff that's going on in our minds. You know, there's some jingle from a commercial we saw last week. Uh, there's some song that's running through our minds that we haven't heard in five years, but it just showed up in our dream last night. You know, there's something that somebody just yelled at us and we just keep playing it over and over again. Uh, you know, there's like so much random stuff going on. Just trying to insert a little bit of positive stuff, positive connection with the Lord is uh, anyway. So just so valuable can do a great deal of good. So good for you for being a high school student and wanting to take this, uh, this little day of recollection with us. Thanks for your question and for participating. Happy to take any, any other questions uh, somebody might have. Oh, Father, I have a question. Like when praying uh, in a group, or a group of people pray the rosary and somebody leaves, I follow. I notice that I tend to follow like interiorly. I don't sound it out. Is it better to sound it out or just follow along like inside myself, like in, in, interiorly? Um, I think, you know, the, the value of voicing it is that you're supporting the prayer, you know, mm -hmm. so uh, if, if they need more voices, you know, people don't want to like be just the only voice or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a value. But if, if you're not, if your voice isn't really needed, and you're just kind of letting it happen within you, you know, and you're I, I just follow that. Yeah, sure. That's fine. You know, or, okay. or sometimes I notice even if I just mouth it or there's a way that I can like, it kind of resonates in me, you know, that's the, mm -hmm. that's the value of sort of keeping up with it. It, mm -hmm. it's sort of echoes, you know, it resonates yeah. in our, in our, our, our skulls, in our yeah. hearts. Mm -hmm. um, so that has a value too, but any of those things are fine. You know, whatever you find kind of, just helps you, doesn't? So we don't want we don't want our prayers to become an interference 
it's it's about really you know of developing that relationship with the Lord. Okay. Um. Also, another question. Like, I, I go to adoration like once a week. I notice that some people just sit there, and some people bring a book to read, or some people pray the rosary. What's the best way? Well, again, I, I, you know, the fact that you're there matters, right? So I never want to, uh, I never want to downplay that. So if if someone's going to go and read, okay, you know, it's probably better than reading in your living room. But okay. it's like, you know, just imagine, um, <laughs> imagine you came on this retreat and instead yeah. of listening to me, you just read my book. It's like, okay, well, why are you coming on the retreat? You know, you have a chance to interact. You have a chance to listen to me say something that you haven't heard before. Why wouldn't you do that? So that's what I would say about reading if you're just reading. Now we can read something in a kind of Lexio fashion that I read a page of it, I set the book down and now I enter into whatever I was just reading about. We can really pray with those things. But I think go to adoration and pray. Now the rosary is again, the rosary can be a way that we pass the time or the rosary can be a way that we really cultivate a relationship. You know, so just, we got to work with all of those things. And um, anyway, it all becomes part of our, our life of prayer. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Father. Good to see you again. You too. Just you. Uh, I have a question for the lady about the taking a class in the fall at the seminary. Are you going to send us emails what ones are available? And we can yeah, sign I'll, up? I'll, do, I'll do all that. Let's not take time for that now. Yep. I see a couple of uh, questions coming up. People saying the Hail Mary too quickly, slowly. You know, uh, it's, so everything I was focusing on is about personal prayer. Um, and and uh, I just say that because it's, it's a little bit of its own category. When we're praying with others, there are a number of other dimensions going on. And one of them is charity. And, and there's also a kind of purification that happens, you know? So yeah, when we're praying with others, we could just say, they will never pray the right way. I mean, let's just be straight up about it. It's never gonna be good enough. It's never gonna be the way that we want it. If, you know, if it happens to be accidentally one time, don't get used to it. It's always gonna be irritating to pray with other people at some level. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's part of the design. And it's part of the dying to ourselves that, that happens in that setting. You know, the, the priest is going to say mass too fast, too slow. The person next to me is going to smell, you know, the person in front of me is going to be like moving around too much. Anyway, and, and, and I say that, uh, I hope I'm not being, I hope I'm, it's coming across the right way. So it's part of the challenge of prayer. It's, it's part of the purification of praying with others. It's, it's part of the surrender and the act of charity that we go through. So yeah, it doesn't always feel good for us. And, uh, you know, I think about this, especially with parents trying to pray the rosary with their children. Oh my gosh, that's like a workout, you know, but it's, but in the end, it's, it's has a good effect. There's a, so it's its own value to pray together with others, but we need to have the personal prayer as well. So I've just been focusing primarily on the personal prayer. There's a whole other set of things that could be said in terms of, of, uh, of community prayer.
So I do have a question that kind of goes along with that. Okay. Um, when you're in mass, and you know, lately we haven't been in mass too long, but um, but a lot of times I don't know how to um, think about when you're kind of meditative at mass. Kind of in union with you, but sometimes it's hard. Sorry. I think we're losing your uh, quality a little bit. I, I didn't catch all of that. Okay. Can you hear me now? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I think my internet's not doing too well. So I'll try just feeling at mass when you're with these other It's sometimes like I feel really prayerful myself sort of like closing my eyes and I'm kind of trying to be more prayerful but it's hard to enter in sometimes with all and just I've heard before that maybe we should be more kind of in union with each other when we're doing that so much it's hard for me to like a lot of times I just want to keep my eyes closed the whole time just kind of trying to be more prayerful but is that kind of not what you're supposed to be doing are you supposed to be trying to unite with the people around you or okay to kind of want to not be with all the people <laughs> I don't know why yeah I think there's a bit of a both and I mean it again when we're talking about a lifetime of prayer like you're going to go to mass another you know thousand times in your life or something like that or or more if you go to daily mass you know 10,000 20,000 times in your life it's going to be all over the place there are going to be times that we really want to be more interior we're just you know, again, probably the relational thing is it's think about going to a party. You know, sometimes we just want to be a little bit more to ourselves and we kind of back off and 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 we need to be engaged and drawn in. Other times we're like in the mix, you know, and we're kind of with everybody and we're singing together and we're so I, I think you know we need to stretch in both directions, um, to to not try to create some sort of perfect environment for ourselves on the one hand because we are also a giving a gift for others you know we're speaking our prayers out loud and we're harmonizing and listening to others and there's a there's a unity that's happening in the body of christ and we make our offering all together there's a value to all that but there are going to be times that you know we're, we're a little bit more private so i think it can really go both ways and uh yeah. okay thank you yeah, good question. Um, Father, I have a question. Um, when I um, go to the healing mass, and there's this experience of the slain by the spirit, um, what does that mean? Well, I think you can find it in, uh, you know, Tanqueray's spiritual life. Uh, you know, it's sort of like the third degree of ecstasy. Um, there's a there's a way that we're we're sort of taken out of ourselves, and it's a, it's a special grace that God can give, and and seems to do that you know a bit in some charismatic uh, spheres. It's again a a kind of prayer that's not so much with the mind as it is just in the spirit, and uh, and seems that the Lord gives some real loving things. We see some of the qualities of spiritual consolation that often come through that. Um, 
Now there's going to be a variety of things happening there too. Everybody's experience is not the same, but I'd say in general, that's uh, that's the kind of thing that's happening. Hi, I've got a question for you, and you answered it in uh, part of your your talk. But when you talk, when, you know, we talk about when we have a big decision to take it to God in prayer. So, you know, it's, I listen and I listen, and like you said, we can read things in the Bible. But sometimes is God like answering that prayer through other people talking to you? And then you're like, oh, wow, is that the answer to my decision? Sure, absolutely. I mean, the Lord speaks to us in a whole variety of ways, you know, and I, I think uh, I found that the whole model of St. Ignatius to be the most helpful in actually giving some concrete principles for uh, how, to, how to hear the Lord and to recognize based on the emotions and thoughts, you know, uh, we often have, in, you know, we've created a culture of like, follow the peace, you know, peace is a sign of God's presence or God's voice, and, but joy and tears and, you know, faith, hope, these kinds of things. So, uh, yeah, sometimes that, that comes through another person. A lot, of, a lot of times I'd say, you know, we consult with other people. Sometimes we hear something and we just get it. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a great thing. So uh, sometimes we hear something and then it's not until we come into prayer that it comes back to us and we say, yeah, I think that's the right thing, you know, or it's like it has a way of floating to the top and, uh, and, and we see that this option becomes more clear, but it's not until we go into prayer and the other stuff sort of settles away that this one option kind of floats to the top and we see that's really the, the way to go. So there's a variety of ways that those kinds of things develop. Um, Ignatius talks about, you know, just pure reason as well, that, um, that we don't receive any special spiritual sign that something is taking place, that it's really, you know, thinking it out, doing that in the Lord's presence, giving him permission to send us a different direction, uh, really opening our hearts to his will. But in the end, seeing it clearly through the application of our minds and and that's how we make the decision so there's a you know there's a variety of stuff going on there as well well we just want to thank you so much father boniface for uh joining us and and what great words that you shared with us i do always invite oops, there's a typo there but uh uh, during the month of july we have more online virtual retreats father larry richards on surrender Father, uh, not Father, John Leonardi in Search of the Heart, and Bart Shoots on We Are Not Alone. So find those again at our website, goodcounselfreetrait.com. And we just, of course, thank all of you for joining us and thank those of you who are able to support the Good Council Retreat House. We pray for all of you as part of the Retreat House family. Have a good day and God bless you.